you know, to, if I if I'm not happy with something, I do say it now. Where beforehand, I would have stuck my head in the sand and said nothing. Um, I was basically the yes man, you know. So yes to everybody, which I have learned that if you say yes to everybody, you're actually saying yes to nobody. As I always say, you don't understand what's good in life if you haven't gone through the bad. So you don't, you know, you don't understand what is good without the bad. So sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom to realize, okay, I can't go any lower. <laughs> so everything from here is going to be a positive. That's Lee Havern. And I'm Brian Falchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day Podcast. Today, I've got Lee Havern on. Lee had me on his show. I know it's a theme, but he's a great guy. And after doing his show, I was like, I have to have him on. Um, He's the founder of something called Platinum Training Institute. It's a health and fitness education provider based in Queen's University in Belfast, Northern Ireland. So get ready for a pretty cool accent. He set this company up to educate coaches, so other fitness professionals, and how to work with people with conditions like cancer, strokes, mental health issues, diabetes, obesity, neurological issues, cardiac disease, and cardiac issues. So basically, it's focused on training trainers to help people who have such a a profound need for wellness and fitness, and, and who also lack any real focus from existing providers because it's just not a space that a lot of people are caring for so it's his mission to try to create more people who can help these folks find fitness and and work it into their own recovery and their own journeys now it rings true for lee personally because he has his own battle with depression that he goes into from some really really dark moments where he didn't even want to continue on and he's turned it around. He's a pretty positive, inspiring, just happy guy. And if he didn't tell you the backstory, you would never have wondered about it. So I think that's pretty amazing. Um, the reason why he and I are connected is the other thing that he founded. It's called Fit Mind Matters. That's a podcast and blog focused on mentoring people who are suffering with mental health issues. So Lee's focus is to simplify life, to improve health and happiness, in a world that's constantly speeding up, he uh, deleted all social media accounts. Like that's pretty big in today's day and age, especially for someone who's, you know, part of their business is podcasting and blogging. So he just he exited the social media scene because of what he felt it was doing in his world, and he took a web browser off his phone, and he's just basically always experimenting with ways to declutter his mind from all the nonsense that surrounds it. After his dad passed away in 2006, he went into a deep depression that affected his life in many, many ways. And that's a big part of what we talk about. He hit his lowest point from, you know, from all of this that happened and other things that went wrong in the wake of that. And he's rebuilt his life since then. And that's where Platinum Training Institute and Fit Mind Matters were both born. Health, happiness, and simplicity. Three words that Lee lives by. Let's get into the show with Lee Haven. 
Lee Havern, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Brian. Yeah, so we, um, we've been going back and forth for a while to, to make both my appearance on your show work and yours on mine. And um, <laughs> it's funny, like, you know, it's not that we've talked in depth or anything, but I think just that, that shared trauma of trying to get these schedulings to happen across time <laughs> zones and, and busyness it sort of endeared each other, uh, endeared us to each other, maybe a little bit. Definitely. Um, so in that, you know, in that process, I also got to learn a little bit about you and just thought you would be such a great person to have on this show because you, you know, like so many people have gone through some struggles and, and overcome it, but you've also committed yourself to helping other people bring their life to a better place as well. And so if you wouldn't mind, just give us a little bit of the backstory of, you know, who are you, what is it you're trying to do? And, and then let's dig into your story of how you got to that place. Yeah, of course, no problem. Well, uh, my name's Lee Havern. Um, at the minute, I, I've set up a company called Platinum Training Institute, uh, which is a health and fitness education provider based in Queen's University in Belfast, um, basically focusing on training personal trainers and coaches, how to work with people who have cancer, cardiac issues, mental health issues, stroke, and so on. Wow. Sort of focusing on the people who really need the training, you know, rather than the, dare we say it, the aesthetic side of the world these days, you know. Yeah. Um, and also at the minute I set up a, a blog and a podcast called Fit Mind Matters, which we were very lucky to have you on, of course, um, not too long ago purely focusing on the mental health side of things. Um, now, the reason, obviously, I would have set that up was obviously with my, my own struggles in the past, um, which, as obviously I'm sure we'll get into, uh, my, my dad, would have passed, he passed away in 2006, which sort of caused a lot of lot of issues and sort of made me bit spiral a wee bit out of control. Um, so lucky enough, I'm, you know, I, I saw what what was important in life and trying to help others, you know, sort of uh, get out of uh, situations that they think they, they they have no control over. Yeah. Lee, what, what was it about your father's passing that you think triggered so much of a spiral for you? Um, do you know, I was very, very close with my dad and um, I was actually away on holidays. So I was... Um, he was diagnosed with cancer at the age of 49 and, um, wow. it's incredibly young, very young, very young. And I was actually, I was in America when he actually passed away. And, um, so it was more the shock, you know, getting that phone call, didn't really think too much about it because it was just a phone call. It was actually getting back home to Ireland and, uh, you know, dealing with everything from there. And I think maybe a year down the line is when things sort of kicked in and uh, a lot of issues started playing on my mind. And, yeah. and I just, I just turned into a different person to be honest, you know, and it wasn't really until people were telling me stories about, you know, how I changed and it, it's really, really hard to look back and think, wow, that was a completely different person, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's hard to, Hard to describe, you know, um, how how people um, cope with certain tragedies in, in life, but yeah. I can definitely say that was that was the toughest one ever. How long how long were you in that dark and and uh, difficult place? 
To be honest, I say nobody knew about it for maybe well, two or three years. Yeah. Um, it was well hid. Nobody knew anything about it. Um, and I'd say a total maybe about four four years or so, I was in that dark, dark place, um, really at the very, very low points, even to the stage where I, I can remember driving home one night in the rain and my, my car near swerved off the road and I thought to myself, you know, this wouldn't be a bad thing, yeah. <laughs> you know, which that was the moment when everything clicked and I went, whoa, this, this is bad. This is bad, you know, and luckily enough from that stage, I've started rebuilding my life. Yeah. So that was a, a wake up moment for you then? 100%. Definitely. I, this is a, not not off topic, but I'm just curious, the person you were before your dad's passing mm-hmm. versus who you've you become today, are you more back to who you were or is this yet another person? And, and obviously what you're doing today is, is fantastic and it's it's such important work. So it's not to diminish who you are now, but is this more who you were before he passed or, you know, is this like a third stage of your life? This is definitely, I would say I'm very similar to what I was before, but with a twist. So I would say like a third person because you, there's no way that you can go through everything like that and not learn. Mm. Um, so I was always a very bubbly, happy, smiley, always, you know, that sort of person. Um, and I got to the stage where I just, I was two people. I was hiding away. And now I've learned, um, you know, to, if, I, if I'm if i not happy with something, I do say it now. Where beforehand, I would have stuck my head in the sand mm. and said nothing. Um, I was basically the yes man, you know. So yes to everybody, which I have learned that if you say yes to everybody, you're actually saying yes to nobody. Yeah. So um because you're giving a bit part of you to everybody so now people understand that if i'm not happy doing something or if you know i'll just say what i think now um or beforehand i wouldn't have done that yeah you just sort of eat eat the feelings mm-hmm. and we think that we can deny them but they just go inside and they fester oh yeah yeah definitely so you you came out you, you had this moment where you know you almost wrecked your car almost lost your life and maybe had a bit of that wouldn't have been you had that you know that wouldn't have been so bad kind of moment where you you wish everything was over and mm-hmm. that woke you up what's the process from there how do you get from there to here well well through a lot of a lot of a lot of negative things happening um you know i went through a divorce um Lost the house, lost the car, lost you name it. Had to go back to square one in my career. Um, basically, it was starting from scratch again, and uh, sort of learning, learning from from there what is actually important in life. Um, obviously, I've made a lot of mistakes, definitely like most of us. But I've made my fair few, um, and realizing you know what is important, who is important. And that is all that is important. So it's been a very, very long process. So I'd say it has taken that length of time, you know, to get where I am now, knowing what I want to do, who I want to be and who I want to help. Uh, that's what's most important to me. You know, friends, family, if somebody wants to spend time with me, I will spend time with them, you know, yeah. cut everything else out. Nothing else is important. 
as spending time with you know friends, family, and those who are actually important to you. That's all that matters. Was was this a really conscious shift, or did it just sort of happen? Like, how did you? I'm curious about the process itself. Mm. No, no. But to, to be honest, it was just literally a stage. It was a stage at a time. You know, it it's it was you know career starting off with well what do i actually want to do yeah. well um, you had you had to rebuild all of these things that had fallen apart so i guess you were sort of forced into that rebuilding process well you you could have not done it i suppose oh yes yeah it would have yeah. been very easy to give up and say no this is just too much hard work so i had a lot of apologies to make i had a lot of uh, you know friends i'm very very lucky to have i've had a a massive group of friends since i was very very young and even i'd lost touch with all of them throughout this um i hid away and getting back you know with all of my friends again and my, i had actually lost contact with my family as well so there was a lot a lot of rebuilding to do and all like time the do it's cheesy as it sounds time time does help everything you know it does solve everything it does um just unfortunately sometimes it takes a lot longer so yeah. it can take a lot of time Sometimes time and loss, you know, as hard as it is to go through, loss also forces the forgiveness, the healing. So people realize what matters, really. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you don't, as I always say, you don't understand what's good in life if you haven't gone through the bad. So you don't, you know, you don't understand what is good without the bad. So sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom to realize, okay, I can't go any lower. <laughs> so everything from here is going to be a positive. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. Mm. And again, there's this choice in there because people who hit rock bottom, you go one of two ways. You know, either you find some way to dig even deeper or Mm -hmm. you you end it all or the people who stand up and start to rebuild. And that's that's the path that you chose. Yeah, well, that's because I like... Growing up, I've lost four or five friends who've you know taken their own life, wow. and um, it's it's you know from from I was sixteen years old, and seeing that and the devastation that sort of causes around their their friends and their family, it's you know it's it's not a nice thing to see. Um. So yes, of course, uh, anybody who who said before that they haven't thought about that, you know. Uh, I'd say they're probably not telling the truth mm. um, if they've gone through, you know, really bad times. But it's, you, you can be lucky at the same time and come out the other end. But that's being surrounded by people who really, really do help you. Yeah. Um, I think doing it alone would be, a, you know, a lot harder, obviously. So I, I think having the, that support group around your friends, family, people who actually care about you, that's a big thing because being able to talk to somebody, you know, even just the vent, that's that's what helps people, yeah. you know, feel better about themselves. Um, and unfortunately, we live in a day and age that people don't like talking to other people, yeah. <laughs> especially showing, you know, you know, weakness, you know, oh, I can't say this. Um, and obviously, we'll get into the subject of men, especially they're not they're not big talkers. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the biggest issues. And Lee, what about you know your father? So how does that play into this? And and in those moments in that period, where was that in the equation? 
Well, my dad, before my dad obviously passed away, I was living happy-go-lucky life. Everything was hunky-dory, you know. And um, you know, a lot of people would always say, "Me growing up, even now, you know, oh, you're the spitting image of your dad, even your manners, the whole lot." So, say he's still living because I'm here, you know. Um, but that, I'm not gonna lie, that was that that was tough. That really did um, mess everything up, and. Even after uh, quite a while after he passed, I as I say, I hid everything I was feeling, um, until literally just collapsed one day and couldn't go on anymore, you know, mm. um, and you know I obviously I'm you know it's not hard to say you I went and I've talked I've done counselling I've done you know the whole lot uh, and there's no shame in any of that for anybody to go and actually get some help when when they need it. Um, but my dad passing out was definitely the whole catalyst of everything, you know, me having to restart from scratch. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I definitely, I see the pain in that. And then I'm, I'm projecting out as you're as a father yourself, where does that fit in to the, you know, when, when you're, when you're having that moment where you know your your car's swerving off the road, when everything's falling apart, is there any connection back to that role for you that brought you back into the moment, or were you so shut off to everything that that wasn't even speaking to you at that you know that that, that parental role? Yeah, at that point, um, my 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 wee girl, she was only maybe a year old at that stage. Okay, um, and to be honest, you know, at that point, I was I was that much of a a different person that I wouldn't have recognized me. So, you know, nothing was sort of, um, sort of registering with me. Uh, but obviously when I've started, started looking at myself and trying to get better, that's all that matters now is that we girl, yeah. um, being a father and that, like, that's, that's, that's my world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I know I would be that would have been the same to my dad and my mom as well. So it's, you know, there there's nothing in life much like your, your own your own children. So uh, I'm I know now my role here is to be a great father, and even if that's all my role is, <laughs> it's a very important one. Yeah, but that I mean that speaks to the depth of the darkness back then. Mm-hmm. That even that wasn't pulling you out. No. So. All right, we've we've uh, we've definitely gotten into the pain. That's the backstory. As you rebuild, how do you get from putting the pieces back together to what is a very um, very externally focused, you know, helping focused, altruistic way of being in, in all the work that you're doing right now? I I have to admit, I knew that you know you're doing training. I didn't realize what the end purpose of it was. Mm-hmm. That it was for people who are in, you know, some pretty serious, difficult situations. You're absolutely right. They they need that support and that that help that health help most. Not those of us who are just sort of after the aesthetic side of it. Well, mm-hmm. see, like that was like when I from I've left school uh, in 2000. You know, I I was I've worked in the health and fitness industry. You know, as a as a fitness doctor, personal trainer, swim coach. You know, all of that tutor tutoring courses, all of that there. And t- 
to be honest, I got to the stage in, in the health and fitness industry where I was sick of it. I, I looked and went, I do not like the way this world is going, uh, the way this industry is going. So it was either get out of it or else try and do something a bit different. So setting up Platinum Training Institute side of things was Yes, you have to do your personal training qualifications, but they're the prerequisites to focusing on the people who need the help. You know, I'm not saying most people who are looking at aesthetics don't need the help. Yeah, most of them don't. You know, most of them, are, it's a mental health issue that a lot of them are looking at aesthetics. If I look good, I'll feel good. Yeah. Um, but that can be taken too far. So to me, um, it was focusing, training people up, coaches and personal trainers, to work with people who had these ca- cancer and mental health and neurological issues. You know, these to me were the biggies because, especially in a country like Ireland, they're the forgotten ones. You know, uh, in an industry of health and fitness where it's purely focusing on, let, let me get my six-pack and get a photo on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, which doesn't sit well with me at all, which would be one of the reasons why I'm not on any social media. I was just going to say, as you're saying that it wouldn't sit well with you. I'm like, yeah, you've, you've shut everything off. Of course. Yeah. People think <laughs> something's wrong with me. Like, Leo, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I couldn't be more okay. It's taken a long time to get off this social media, but there's reasons behind it. You know, uh, I just don't get any value whatsoever out of social media some people do that's yeah. brilliant but if most people were honest 98 99 percent of people would say no this this doesn't work for me yeah <laughs> you know? they're just afraid of missing out yeah uh, that, that is such a true statement people have mm-hmm. that really strong fear of missing out and ironically with social media a lot of it is actually that's why you're missing out is because you're you're sitting there you know your head crook down staring at a device flicking your finger instead of looking up at the world around you and talking to the people that you're right there with yes yeah but the thing is like you'll know yourself eh, Brent? like i i've heard from a lot of parents they get lost in their phone you know and this yeah. wee person you know sitting beside you looking your attention you're not giving that person your attention and that's quite sad yeah <laughs> Yeah, and then we get frustrated with them for doing the same thing when they're teenagers. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so to me, we've lost our attention. We don't like talking to people anymore. Even, you know, if you're texting somebody, you're you're texting a computer. You're not texting, you know, you're not talking to a person. So it's still a screen that you're talking to. So to me, it's more about the face-to-face, um, you know, interaction or, or even phone calls or whatever it may be. Just get your head out of your phone yeah. and start talking to people. It's a shame that you're the outlier. I did a, I did a show on, um, I don't know if you've heard of Join Up Dots, a guy out of the UK, David Ralph, and he doesn't have a smartphone. Mm. I, actually, I don't think he has a cell phone full stop. <laughs> Brilliant. And when he told me that, I was, I was so blown away. Mm. Um, and he's talking through why it was so valuable for him. And it... It does sound a little bit utopian and it sounds a little bit crazy, but actually, <laughs> if, I mean, if you, if you look at the values behind why he's done it, mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense. And then you're kind of, you know, you're left questioning your own actions a little bit and, and it's, it, it then becomes a question of whether you're willing to take what seems like such a massive leap. 
Yeah, it, it see it, it it sounds like a massive leap, but see when you do it, the first week or so is you know you're itching for your phone or whatever it may be, but after that, you just forget about everything. Like as part of the Fit Mind Matters, I I constantly do experiments. Like every month, like I a month I switch off home internet. You know, um, for on my phone at the minute I have no Safari app, so I can't look anything up internet wise. Mm. So with no social media. I don't even have TV. <laughs> so um, it's, it's yeah, people say you're you're a weirdo. That's okay. I don't mind hearing that. Uh, but, you know, my mind's a lot more, it's decluttered. Mm. And I feel a bit more at peace where most people who have all these social medias and everything go, 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 their head's going 100 miles an hour and they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So It's all mindless. Yeah, just yeah. just slow it down a bit. Just take your time, slow down, and realize what. Look, people are constantly saying about meditating. What is meditating? It's literally just switching everything off, taking deep breaths, and closing your eyes. Let's be honest, you know. So you can meditate quite quite easier, quite a lot easier by just switching things off and having a bit of silence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, our brains are are trained through social media and and just the general news feed pouring in from the internet mm. to to be constantly moving and frenetic and and the opposite of still and at peace. Mm-hmm. We, but the problem we as well with, with the internet as well. You know, it, everybody has their opinion, which yeah. is okay, but there's no facts anymore. <laughs> so yeah. you don't know what is true and what is not true and especially in the health and fitness industry that I'm in, even I don't know what's true anymore when it comes to nutrition or training because it's like I'm told all of these different things. Yeah, so, whatever's true is what, you know the, the story of the day. It's the fad yeah. of the day. But it, especially as an industry, you know, the whole point to make money, you have to reinvent certain things and come up with new ideas when, let's be honest, there shouldn't really be a health and fitness industry because it's quite basic stuff, <laughs> you know. Get out and move and eat well, and there you go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, it's it's a really really good point. I know that would put a lot of people out of work, but the reality is we're not we're just not cut that way anymore. And of course, there never was a health and fitness industry until I don't know Jack Lalanne in the fifties or something. You know, just didn't there wasn't a need for it. It's not to say everybody was healthy, but Mm -hmm. it's totally different from what it is now. Well, the way I see it is that if education from primary school was done correctly, as in, you know, how to move, how to eat, how to talk, well, there would be no health and fitness industry because you would know everything from you were a child. Yeah. You know your life skills. So, yeah, as much as a pain, I love the health and fitness industry, but there really shouldn't be one. Yeah. <laughs> well, so let, let's dig into a little bit more what you do with with the Platinum Training Institute is what what is it that's different about training someone who's in the situations that you're focused on? You know, what, what's the sensitivity? What's the approach? What's the difference from training someone who, you know, as you were saying before, is at the gym for aesthetic re- or purely aesthetic reasons? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, obviously, as the years have gone on, whenever I done my personal training qualification, there, there was no personal training qualification whenever I was starting out. It was a fitness instructor. So they've obviously invented new qualifications where there's personal training and so on. So that was used to be to train people in a gym environment. So 
like I think the statistic could be completely off here that I'm thinking something like 2% of people in the population use a gym. So what about the other 98%? You know, these are the people who need it. So most people who have certain issues, who have, you know, your, your, your cancer, your cardiac, your diabetes, your obesity, they wouldn't be in a gym, you know. So that's why we are trying to link up. We, we link up with the hospitals and community groups and addiction centers and all of this were, you know, to help the people who really do need it. Yes, we will still have the personal trainers who want to train people for bodybuilding shows and physique shows and, you know, just to look good so that we make them yeah, feel yeah. good. Of course, that, that will always be a business person trainers want to do it. But to me, it... All of these specialist conditions relate to mental health, as in somebody has cancer, of course their mental health is going to be affected. You know, somebody has cardiac issues, diabetes, it's all relating right the way back to mental health. Um, it can cause anxiety, depression, you know. So if I was to put an umbrella over it, the whole point behind it to me is mental health. Training our, our instructors, our personal trainers, our coaches, whatever you want to call them, to help people with their mind and feel better about themselves, no matter what's going on in their life, whatever conditions they may have. Oh, it's, it's so interesting to me. So I have a personal training certification mm -hmm. and none of this came up. No. <laughs> because it, it wouldn't do. Um, because someone... Yeah, I was just going to say someone decided you can't make money doing that or it's not a, it's not a big enough market segment. And the piece of me that had that thought is like, what a disgusting way to think of people in that situation as a market segment, you know, from which to exploit uh, or to earn revenue that that's completely the opposite of the way that you're looking at it mm -hmm. It's people who are in need. And this is one of one of several things that can benefit them through the difficulties that they're facing. Which is, I mean, that, that's how we should do everything. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually caring, you know. Like, if yeah. you're automatic, the first thing you're thinking of is when you go into a, a job is, what's the most money? Yeah. Well, that's the wrong job. <laughs> yeah, that's isn't the it? wrong attitude. You need to go. You know, like. I could turn, as I said, a lot of our guys, I could turn Platinum into an online academy tomorrow morning and earn a fortune. Mm. I don't want that. Because to me, that's that's selling my soul, as in I don't believe in that at all, because that's not education. It's not helping the people who need it. Um, so to me, yeah, the, that sort of an industry, it, it's all about the money, money, money. What can we get more and more and more of? And if you're, same again, if you think about it, if you're doing the job correctly as a personal trainer, well, that client should be gone in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so you shouldn't have repeat business problems. Yeah, but people, I mean, going back to the conversation we had before about, you know, the mindlessness and everything, these people are going to be there forever because they're not going to do it on their own. They're not going to, yeah. I mean, so, absolutely some will, but the vast majority either will need the trainer to keep with them to keep it up. And if they quit, it's, a small minority that are going to keep it up on their own and the vast majority are quitting because they're just quitting period. 
Well, that's it, because I, I, we used to offer a qualification, which I actually think you have, <laughs> which is the behaviour change specialist qualification. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, that's ideal because the name itself tells you everything. It's changing your behaviour, you know, and how you actually work with exercise, with eating, and, you know, h- how you run your own life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody can tell you, you know, what's, what is actually good for you because we are all individual and you know if i eat spinach and you eat spinach it might affect you and not affect me <laughs> you know so everybody's an individual and we're all we're all we're all different as in what actually works for each, for each of us yeah and i think the most powerful way to go about it is to help them figure out what works for them you be the the conduit for their own discovery don't just tell them you know, I think a lot of personal training is just that it's, I'm going to give you this exercise to do and point out whether you're doing it right or wrong and count down, you know, or count up or whatever, however way you want to count the reps. Um, so you're just the sort of the, the body acting. You're mm-hmm. not, you know, you're not actually getting any skills with which to, to alter your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as, remember as like, as an industry, you know, it, it's constantly changing its advice. I can remember when I started, it was, you have to eat six meals a day to keep your metabolism going. And I was like, six meals a day? <laughs> no chance. My goodness, I've hear people who are eating one meal a day doing intermittent fasting. And, yeah. you know, so there's that many diets and there's that many, of course, we're confused. So the only diet that helps a person is one that actually suits them. So it's a tried and tested one for every single person. Yeah. Yeah. And it does have to be customized. Of course, of course, definitely. So not that, you know, your your Atkins back then and your keto now and your paleo and your vegan and your, well, my God, I'm lost. There's new dad every week. <laughs> you I, know? Just, I just got into this with someone today who's doing the whole 30 and I'm vegan. And so, you know, I was, they were talking about how difficult it is and I was saying how, how easy it is for me. And I kept mm-hmm. saying, you know, I always, I qualified it with for me. Um, and they were like, yeah, it sounds like vegans the way that you have to go. And, you know, as much as I, I am one and I believe in it, I also say, yeah, for some people, I think it can work really well. And for other people, that's not going to be the right path. And I know people who've done the whole 30 who thought it was easy. Mm-hmm. And most people I know who have done it don't think it's easy, but that's okay. And you, you kind of have to discover that for yourself. But what I did find out is, so this person who's doing it, this is like the sixth, not whole 30, but the, she and her husband have done you know, five or six of these similar kind of like reboot the way that you eat, you know, stop eating everything. And and like, you know, these just complete somewhat faddish makeover diets. And I'm not trying to knock any one of them per se, but it's clear Mm -hmm. when you keep doing these, you're not actually stopping to think about, well, who am I? What am I trying to achieve? And how does my body actually work? Mm-hmm. you know it's oh someone got me this book and so i'm going to follow that diet or i read this article or oprah was talking about this or you know it's new information oh i'm going to give this this is new this you know not too many people are doing this i'm going to give this a go um like even myself whenever i i was obviously at a very very low point i i was up at 18 and a half near 19 stone um which my normal weight's about 14 stone so you're looking about well, 60, 65 pounds, whatever way you guys work it on your lovely system over there. I, 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 gotta, I never remember how many pounds to a stone or kilos to a stone. 
a pound. Hold on, let me get this right. Two point two pounds is a kilo. That's a cute, yeah. So <laughs> I was one hundred and ten kilos. Wow. Whatever that works out at. How, t- <laughs> how tall are you? I'm about to do more conversion math. You're going to give me centimeters, oh, aren't you? I'm six foot three. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, no, wait a second. That's not so hugely overweight. Well, hold on now. I was 35% body fat. Oh, all so, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> it, yeah. Quite a lot. Um, and that was just purely, you know, not looking after myself, not being in a good place, yeah. eating nonsense, as pure stress. <laughs> Uh, and then over four months, I had lost four stone, which was forty four, nearly sixty pounds. Wow! In four months. Yeah, it was Good quite a, quite because once I switched, I knew I could do it because I was that in the industry that long. I knew how yeah. to do it. The problem was doing it. Right. Um, so I had lost fifteen percent body fat in that period of time too. So that's when I knew I was, you know, oh, I'm getting back to myself. Not purely because I was exercised, but you could just feel there was something there where I wanted to get back to the healthy me. But that was me trying and tasting different foods, different yeah. ways of eating, all that sort of stuff. And it sounds silly. That's why I have a lot of issues with scientific research. And I'm like, well, that's great, but nobody's done scientific research on me. Right. <laughs> so, right. so don't be telling me that this is scientifically proven. That's great. It hasn't been done on me. So yeah. <laughs> um, that's why I like trying to test things out myself. I like experimenting with all sorts of crazy things, it, like doing monthly tests, all crazy stuff, uh, just to see how I can push myself and what actually helps my mindset and me feel better and actually, you know, feel healthier. Well, I, you certainly can't fault the reasons why you're doing it. You know, that, mm. that's, that's real value kind of stuff. I'm curious, what, what's your weight and your body fat at now? I assume that you have a, a pretty good handle on what the numbers are. Yeah, I'm, I'm a wee bit overweight at the minute. I'm starting to train again. So I'm up to about 15, 15 stone, just over 15, maybe 15, between 15 and 15 and a half stone. Uh, I'm not 100% sure exactly what the body fat is. I will be getting it tested now in about three weeks' time. Okay. Uh, which obviously gives me the wee kick I need. <laughs> so um, I need to start training quite well because it's a silly little things, I have a frozen shoulder at the minute. Oh, so wow. not going wrong. Yeah. Um, that yeah, gets in so, the way. And in, in, I think people don't really think much about that, but it actually, no. there's, there's no such thing as just having one joint that's a problem. The skeleton's mm-hmm. a, a chain and it, it impacts the way you move, you know, exactly. at every joint. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the people have said to me, whenever I found it, I only found it in November, I've had a frozen shoulder um, and I've had it for a year because it niggles throughout the whole year. And I've done all sorts of fitness challenges, 5K swim last year, obstacle courses, triathlons. With the frozen shoulder. With the frozen shoulder that wow. I didn't realize that I had <laughs> until November. And then all of a sudden from November, I couldn't pull my handbrake up in the car. I couldn't put my seatbelt on. I couldn't put my jacket on. Wow. Um, so with all sorts of acupuncture, I've had the injects, cortisone injection. I've had physio. And that's what I'm saying. When people say a frozen shoulder, you think to yourself, oh, that doesn't sound too bad. But oh, it's, no, it is. Yeah. And I mean, I always tell people, try, try running, holding one arm, you know, pressed against your body. And, yeah. and tell me that your other joints aren't off. Yes. I mean, so I'm just curious, did you develop other injuries in your knees, your ankles, your back, your neck, just from the yeah, compensation? Back, back was, back's definitely in, in bits as well. Very, very tight, you know. Um, so I would have, I would have been a big swimmer for years. And so I, ha- I ha- wasn't even able to swim 
uh, with the shoulder, I couldn't do a breaststroke one length. So the, uh, if I don't move, if I don't exercise, my body seizes up. Yeah. It's just that type um, where, you know, all my joints seize up very, very quickly, especially in the cold weather. Mm. Um, so I, I do find it very, very difficult at the minute. I'm just have uh, niggles everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe it's old age kicking in. I don't know. I don't know. Um but I know I'm I'm itching to get back moving properly again. You know, just uh, just to feel better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I 100 percent understand what you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, I was going to ask you how much of your weight is beard weight, but let's wait until you get the. Uh, the <laughs> I'll get back to you. You got a formidable beard. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Three weeks time, I'm getting the whole. Well, you ever hear that bod pod? Yeah, yeah. I figured when you said you're getting tested in three weeks, you're not doing uh, calipers or. Oh or, no, no, oh. you're doing. Wow, Bob, is that when you were thirty five percent? Was that also via the bod pod? It was the bod pod. Right. Friend of mine, he opened a place uh, not too far away That's from us. Good my... friend to have. Those are a good friend to yeah, have. Expensive and one. hard to find. Yeah, it was a weird one to find. You know, the first time doing it, getting into this tube in your boxer shorts. Just yeah. what is this? <laughs> Uh, but as you say, it's it's the most you know accurate of the lot. So whenever I was losing my weight every month religiously, I was going there uh, and just seeing the you know seeing the numbers going down, 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 and that's what kept me going. Yeah. Uh, not as I said, like I don't weigh myself. I'm not a big fan of weighing myself. It's it purely I have learned over the years. It's about how you look and how you feel. Numbers don't mean a thing, but Absolutely. when you're at that level of a weight, you you need to know to yourself. What weight am I at? <laughs> right. When it's about uh, setting a goal of change, you need to yeah, know where you're starting from. When you're, when you're a healthy person on a daily basis, daily basis, then maybe it's then about, maybe obsession. about obsession. Yes, of course. Yeah. I do weigh myself almost every day at the moment, not because I'm afraid of gaining weight or if I gained weight. I actually, I'm concerned I'm a little underweight. Ah, uh, okay. And so I'm just trying to make sure, you know, before I plan my workout for the day, I, I want to know you know, am I starting from the right place or am I actually a bit lighter than I think I should be? And so I'm not going to do intervals today or I'm not going to do an hour. I'm going to do 30 minutes, you know, just trying to, to mix how I feel with whether my body's quite in the place that I would like it to be. And I, I mean, mm -hmm. it's wild to say that I feel like I'm underweight. It's not something I ever anticipated, but, um, yes, of course. It's, but, but do you find that, that that might demoralize you by taking your weight, you know, every morning? If you're not where you want to be, I'm so here's the thing is I'm not bothered by it at all. So I've been very conscious not to obsess about it. When I was, when I was obese, it definitely was demoralizing and I stopped weighing myself. I think we talked when I was on your show, I got up to 248 pounds. I, I don't know what 20 ish stone, something like that. Maybe <laughs> am, I, am I close? Something. <laughs> um, well, you said you were what, 18 at your highest? 18 and a half. Yeah. yeah. So I was like 110. So I stopped weighing myself around, around 20. Um, but then I kept getting bigger and I just, I, cause I couldn't face the scale anymore. It was so upsetting and so daunting. When I made the decision to lose weight, I was 222. I weighed myself that morning. So I knew where I was starting from. And through that journey, I weighed myself every day. And, and that's where my relationship with the scale changed really dramatically because it was a success story and I was proud of myself and empowering myself. I actually started to feel not feel good about seeing the number I wanted to see, but it was 
it was a reaffirmation of my ability. And that was a very different kind of approach. So the scale stopped having any power over me and I really don't care about it. If I don't weigh myself one morning, it's not a big deal. I don't use it to obsess one way or the other. And I'm not, but you know, if the number's really low or if I'm back up uh, above where I think I should be, I don't care because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a fat guy trying not to be fat. I'm just a healthy person. And if my weight's a couple pounds higher today, it'll probably be a couple pounds lower tomorrow. And I have all the tools in front of me and the will to use them. So mm -hmm. I just don't, I have, a, I have a very different relationship with it than I used to. Brilliant, brilliant. But I, I like how you're, you're using it as a, a marker when you've got a goal. That's oh, yeah. You, you, know, you know where from and where to. Mm -hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't measure myself from one end of the year to the next. It's when I know I'm overweight. Mm. I can see, you know, I can feel it. I'm like, oh, I need to start something here. Yeah. So I start it. And then once I get down to where I sort of want to be, and then I forget about it again, you know, and just go on living my life. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine you probably have a close enough repu uh, reputation, that's not the right word, a close <laughs> enough relationship with your physical body that being overweight is a, a feeling you have about where your body's at, how it feels, how it's performing. Yeah. How, it's not about the numbers or the doctor telling you that, you know, it's one thing or the other or someone else making a comment. It's about how you feel. And that's one thing I think a lot of people in the, the aesthetic workout society don't get it has nothing to do with the numbers no you know it's it's about what your body's capable of including how you feel in it mm -hmm. and that's a, a different measure of fitness you know being fit mm -hmm. definitely but i know i know from my body over all the years if i feel overweight if i look over, overweight there's something wrong upstairs in my mind. Completely, yeah. <laughs> not, not to me. I don't, I'm not saying anything major. I'm just saying, oh, I'm not feeling myself at this stage because I'm overweight. That's, you know, that's when I know, oh, Lee, you need to give yourself a wee kick up the ass. Yeah. Is it, so is it that you're not feeling what you need to feel to take the action? Or is it that you're not valuing the action and the actual place your body's at? You know, is it that sort of body dysmorphia kind of thing? Or is it about the fire in you to, to push? Yeah, I'd say, you know, it's probably just getting a bit too comfortable, um, you know, uh, and sort of, uh, oh, yeah, I've got to where I want to be. I'm happy enough with this. And then not noticing. Mm. Um, I've just got too comfortable and started eating things that, you know, I wouldn't normally eat. And uh, it just sort of takes me a wee bit of by surprise. And then I go, oh, right. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. This sort of creeped up on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I need to take take the action. Um, so as I'm saying, it's not a it's not a major, you know, oh my god, something's majorly wrong in my life. Mm. It's just I'm just probably not, you know, looking after myself as well as I should. Yeah. Lee, I'm I'm loving this. I don't know if the audience is or isn't, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. <laughs> um sorry guys. I, I do want to, I do want to ask you about between fit my matters and platinum training, wh where are you heading with all this? Do you, cause they're, they're two separate things, but at least I understand why they sort of both need to exist for the mm -hmm. same purpose. Like where's all this heading for you? What's the next phase of where you're taking things? Yeah. Well, they're, as you would say, they're both separate, but they're actually very, very similar. Um, so Platinum to me, you know, it's 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 obviously a big it's a big operation because we have a lot of tutors and assessors and a 
you know, with a lot of students over, we're going three and a half years now. Um, and Fit My Matters was basically me on my own sort of journey. Um, but even that has got to the stage now where I have a few people who are writing blogs. And as you can see on the podcast, like, well, I've done like 25 podcasts or something. Yeah. And I think 24 of them have been with guests. So, um, it's great. I'm trying to do is basically the way forward is as much collaboration as possible with people. And, you know, I know a lot of people say it, but spreading the mental health message, whatever way that may be, it's different for everybody. Um, it's pure, as cheesy as it may sound, it's focusing health and ha- health, happiness and simplicity. That's what I'm sort of aiming for. Uh, getting into people's minds that, you know, if you're not happy, there is a way of changing it uh, and you don't need to follow the crowd. Um, you're an individual, you run your own life, you do what makes you happy. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do, spread the message by collaborating with as many people as possible. Not just in Ireland, but you know, obviously you've seen England, America, Canada. We're we're all over the place at the minute, and I do see in the next few months stepping up Fit My Matters quite a lot, to be honest with you, because we're going to be doing a bit of counselling, a bit of a NLP, CBT as part of it, uh, and a bit of mentoring as well, and linking up mm. with a few charities. That's fantastic. Mm, so that's the plan. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I I got in before any of that happened, so I can still watch it. Yes, you cool did indeed. You did yeah. indeed. But I I really do. I mean, I have to commend you. I love your purpose. I love what you're trying to add to the world because I do think it's a space that desperately needs it and isn't isn't receiving the attention it really does need. Mm-hmm. Full stop. I mean, it's just it's important stuff, and it's not getting what it deserves out of the world. So mm-hmm. I I'm. I'm thankful that you're doing what you're doing and it sounds like you have plans to continue to push it further because it has an impact and that's fantastic. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. That means a lot. Lee, where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing? <laughs> well, not on social media. <laughs> no. And I, I mean, before we, we go into where they can find you, I think that's so interesting that you're in this space, which is largely driven by social media and you've chosen to buck that trend and it's still having an impact and it's still reaching people so that's really commendable i do think in the near future there'll be a lot more people doing it yeah 100 i can see it happening it's disingenuous um, not to for what mm-hmm. you're trying to talk about isn't it oh yes it's definitely critical you know because the amount of people who i've heard say oh i wish i could do that but i'd be afraid of missing something i'm like is that the only reason you're still on it <laughs> you know so yeah, yeah i think yeah uh, where they can find me though <laughs> is so for Platinum Training Institute, it's just platinumtraininginstitute.com. Uh, for Fit Mind Matters, it's fitmindmatters.com. Keep it very, very simple. Yeah. And then uh, the podcast is on SoundCloud and iTunes under Fit Mind Matters. Yeah. And I will link to all that, of course, to make it even easier. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. Well, you know, thank you. And, um, I've really felt lucky getting to have the connection with you and, and talking a bit on both sides of the mic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad to be able to get you on this side too. That's a bit weird this way now. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this the first one you've done? This is the first one I've done. Yeah. I've done a very, very small, like three or four minute interview, but it was purely about, uh, just purely about mental health. It was like quick fire questions, but yeah. nothing like this. No. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I, that's, that's pretty cool. 
I'm glad yeah, I did that. Um, you should do more of it. Your message should be getting out even broader for sure. Oh, thanks, Brian. Thank you. Well, Lee, I, I will let you go because as much as it's it's getting past my bedtime, even though it isn't, I'm just tired. It's well <laughs> past yours with the, the time zone difference. So out of respect for that, thank you so much for being here. And just want to close it out saying uh, today is a new day. Go out and do it. Yes. Thank you. Boom. Lee. Thank you, Brian. What an awesome guy, right? So Lee is just positive and happy and caring. Like his whole his whole life is really just around giving back to others to try to help them find fitness and find it in the context of being unwell on the mental side or, or something other than just, you know, the aesthetic aspect of your body. And that that's a really great gift that he's focused on giving back because, you know, he lived it. Like he went through that himself and that level of depression he was in, you know, not wanting his life to continue on, not even valuing his role as a father. Um, that's, that's really big stuff. And he has chosen to rebuild instead of quit. And I think that's huge. So definitely head over to fitmindmatters.com. Check it out. Check out the content, follow his podcast, subscribe to it. Um, I would have social media links, but there aren't any, you know, it's such a, it's such an awesome thing that he's done. And it does lead me to think about, you know, what is, what is a source of clutter in my life that maybe I should be looking to get rid of because it stands in the way of my mind being pure enough to go after other things that I wish, or even just to bring a little bit more peace into my day, which that sounds really good to me. So I hope that that gives you some things to think about. And, you know, in addition to subscribing to Lee's podcast, of course, subscribe to this one. If you don't already, check out the Do A Day podcast and subscribe. Um, like it, review it. I would really appreciate the feedback. And, of course, you know, all of that, the subscriptions, reviews, it just helps this thing grow. And my goal is to help as many people as possible. So the more you subscribe and review and spread the word, more that helps. And, uh, you know, if you love what do a day is all about this message of helping people overcome their greatest challenges, check out doadaybook.com to find out how to get the book, read some of the articles I've written. You can check them out there. You can see them at brianfalchuk.com. And, um, you know, if you want to start on the journey, I've mentioned this other times, but you can get that big goal exercise and just start on that path a little bit yourself. Go to doadaybook.com slash the exercise. You will get a few questions to probe, to wonder about yourself, to dig deeper. And the only thing I ask is that whatever you answer, go back the next day and ask yourself why. Be willing to challenge, be willing to push, get deeper with it, get introspective. I mean, all these guests I have on, the, the message is always the same around the need for introspection, reflection, challenge, and growth. Lee's no different. Happiness, health, simplicity, those three words, I love it. So crucial. Take that into your life and keep on doing it. Thanks, everyone.